From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict episode 195. Yes, that's right. Five weeks to Atlanta. This show is brought to you by Squarespace and Harry's. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined as always by Mr. Brad Dowdy. Are we actually recording this week? Uh, yeah, we are recording this week. So, are you listeners, sh- you I would sure? like to let you in behind the curtain a moment um, <laughs> to understanding the way that me and Brad work together. So, a few weeks ago, um, I let Brad know about some scheduling that I needed, some scheduling issues. I was going to be away. I was in Dallas last week, and I'm going to be away again in a couple of weeks. So, we've had to move some stuff around. And we may have heard us mention that with the way that our schedule was falling... We were going to be recording episode 201 in Atlanta, which we both felt was completely unacceptable, and it had to be episode 200. So we decided at some point between then and and, and episode 200 in Atlanta, we'd skip a show. So we decided that last week, when I was going to be away, why don't we just skip that one instead of uh, moving it around? So we agreed that we were good, and off. so there we go. So I am on a plane. Um, on Wednesday, I get off the plane and I have a Slack message and an iMessage from Brad asking if we were recording. Are we recording today? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> the other, the main problem though of this, and I realized this last week, is we didn't mention on the show that we weren't going to be doing the episode the next week. Yep. So no one was there to support you. Actually, they were, and that's the only reason oh. that made it click in my head is because. Uh, someone in the Slack room, like an hour before the show, said, um, "Oh, no podcast this week, bummer." I'm like, "What are you talking about? We're getting ready to record in like record in like 30 minutes." And they're like, "Oh, okay, great." And, <laughs> I wonder why. Maybe they just knew I was leaving. Yeah, exactly. So what it boiled down to? Well, they probably read the relay calendar, which it wasn't on. Yeah, um, I did remove it from there. So yeah. basically, what happened is, I, all I did was I didn't remove it from my calendar. I just didn't take it off, so it was always lived on my calendar, um, which it's a recurring event, so it's always on those days, and I didn't I didn't delete that one particular day, so it didn't even, we hadn't talked very much in those few days prior, so like if you would have no. said, yeah, I'm getting ready to fly out, you know, to to Dallas, it would have clicked in my head, but we just didn't talk that week. And, yeah, usually um, with these sort of things as well, I do tend to confirm before I go, but the days leading up to me leaving for Dallas were just madness. Yeah, so I was like fully prepped for the podcast. I had the notes ready. I I was like mentally ready. I was just waiting for the time to come. And then, you know, I was in the chat room and saw those messages and (laughs) everyone was like, oh, yeah, you're recording after I said that. And people were like, isn't Mike out of town? I'm like, maybe. (laughs) <laughs> it's like heartbreak so, hotel yeah so since i was so ready for it and uh I, w- I was ready for the show i went ahead and did a periscope for like 45 minutes um, <laughs> you did your one-man show <laughs> yeah i had to get uh i had to get that out of my system right you know yeah, i was yeah. like i was like mentally ready to go and then when it didn't happen i was just like holding my hands up like shrug you know i don't know what to do with myself right now so let's do a uh let's do a periscope so uh, we'll put that link into the uh to my uh my catch of the periscope that you can you can go back and see it if you haven't already but yeah so i i filled in the time admirably and that was a full uh screw up on my part so sorry mate oh don't apologize to me i was on a plane <laughs> yeah i hear you, you you were the one who was lost yeah exactly yeah because you didn't respond to me and i was like this is strange like i i never i message mike like i'll i'll get to you in, in slack nine times out of ten i was like I need to escalate. <laughs> <laughs> we need to go to DEFCON 5. <laughs> because I wasn't convinced, I hadn't convinced myself yet that we weren't actually recording and I just wanted to be sure. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, we, that's terrible. why uh, we are back today. We are back. So one thing that we did miss in not recording is the uh, Kickstarter is funded. So thank Woo! you so much to everybody that has participated. But there is something interesting, maybe a little bit scary. Um, that I can't quite understand with our Kickstarter, Brad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we made an incredible amount of money, so for, mm-hmm. I'm so thankful and grateful. Uh, we made fifteen thousand two hundred and seventy-nine dollars against our goal of I think it was like seven thousand or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, seven or eight. Which is, you know, that is amazing. So thank you so much. Um, we're we're thinking of some cool things to do with that money, and you'll hear more about that as we run up to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But the thing that freaks me out is we had 479 backers. The, the campaign last year 
we had 479 backers. <laughs> have we hit our limit here? Like, is, Have we hit the maximum amount of people? So here's something funny, right? I backed this one. I didn't back the last one. Gotcha. But I did back this one. Adina didn't back this one. So basically just me and her flipped, swapped over and everybody else backed again. It's the only <laughs> thing I can, can try and work out how, how that happened. That's crazy. It's really crazy. Like if you try to think about it too much, you're like, "Wow, this is really strange." Yep. Um. So, so what you're telling me is, I need to get uh an export of each of the uh, the backers of each of the two projects and do a diff and see how many um uh, how many uh new or or old uh, backers we have. What the difference is? If you are able to do that, that would be because I guess you can. That would be just kind of fascinating. Not to share yeah. the data, but to, no. to share the totals. Yeah. That yeah, would be no. kind of amazing. You should work yeah. on that. I'll put that right at the bottom of my list. Yeah, it shouldn't go high at the top of the list, <laughs> but I think it should be in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, I received a lovely little package yesterday, uh-huh. um, my Pen Addict swag bag. Nice. So this yeah. is uh, a bunch of things, a bunch of circles that you're selling. Um, <laughs> right. On the, at the I, Pen like, I like shop. how you just like support out my, my stuff without even... Um, giving me a chance to like send you some stuff. Why would kind I of, though? Kind of a jerk that way. I don't know. Why would I? I want. To, hang on a second. Let me set, let me find my uh, receipt here because I think I have. I think it told told me my order number. Where are we? Oh no, that's not it. Hang on, I've got it here somewhere. Because I think I remember, it was a pretty early order in the system. All right, let me take a look. Uh, yeah, I I didn't manipulate the order. Order number, number so we sixteen. Yeah. Well, you're, you know who uh, order number one was? I'll give you one guess. Thomas Hall. Thomas Hall. Yeah. See, he's as bad as me, right? <laughs> you love it. But yeah, like <laughs> I wanted you, the Hall. stuff, and it wasn't expensive. <laughs> it was like $10, and I got like yeah. a bunch of coasters and all that stuff, and it's amazing. I already put a, p- a pin on my, uh, or button as you call them, uh, mm. on, my, uh, on my bag, on my topo bag, and I've mm. got my water bottle sitting on a, a lovely coaster here. These coasters are real nice. They're my favorite yeah. thing. In yeah, the, that's uh, that's that's our uh, our friend Bob from from Skylab Letterpress. Uh, oh, and honest, honest husband. I <laughs> loved the sticker so much; it became the first sticker to adorn my smart keyboard cover. Nice. So, I, because I don't need space on my iPad Pro anymore, so now I'm going to start sticking stickers on the cover, and the pen <laughs> one fit just perfectly on one of the ridges. Because it's a big sticker. It's a great one. And yeah, I, cool. I don't know yeah. what I'm going to do with the patch yet. I'm going to find yeah. something special for that. But this is a great little set of stuff. People should go and find it. Brad won't talk about it, which is why I'm talking about it. <laughs> go to penaddict.com slash shop and buy all the circles uh, that you need. <laughs> buy all the circles. I, I realized that later. I was like, wow, all this stuff looks the same. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's the first pass that just gives you the... Um, the opportunity to do something uh, different later, right? You got to get the yeah. the standard items out first, and then uh, we'll we'll branch out a little bit. But and, these are and also kind of weird stuff as well. Like you don't usually get coasters and patches. You know that's yeah. cool. I think these are the cool things. And now I want I want all of this stuff for the relay store. So we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna work. Yeah, on we'll that, talk about that. So I'm totally gonna put the patch on my uh, Sinclair case. It's like make it's tailor made oh. for tailor made for a patch. So that's a great place to put one. I hadn't even thought mm-hmm. of that. Especially oh, that my, size. Uh, my real big um, leather case thing from Penchalet came in the other day. Yeah, yeah. I felt like such a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> like this huge thing because I'm going to use that now. Like I'm, I will use That's it when I'm traveling case. to Atlanta. I'll put all my stuff in it because last year I had like like six knock cases <laughs> and they're all like shoved in. <laughs> so I'll still bring some knock stuff for like general storage, but I, to keep all my fountain pens nice and safe in my suitcase, yeah, I'll put them in the. In, in the in the big case thing that I got, which is real cool. That's the way to go. Yeah, yep. for sure. Perfect travel. Because I'll put, I, a, I'll put I a link it, in the show notes to the one that I bought in case anybody's interested. Since I since I'm uh, driving to the show last year, I have that cigar box storage. I just grabbed the cigar boxes, threw them in a bin, and put them in the trunk. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so yeah, I think I remember carrying I use, some of those things. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So. Um, but you've been privy to uh, some of the stuff I'm working on, so you you can vouch. There's some cool stuff coming down the pipe too for the uh, oh, for yeah. the shop. Yeah, yeah. There's some there's some there's some things that you're gonna want to get your hand on. Yep, yep. Um, something you don't want to get your hand on, Mike, is that dang blasted scribble pen. Oh. How many emails? How many emails have you gotten? Uh, no in emails. The past week or two or tweets. 
lots and lots and lots of tweets. The reason I don't get the emails is you actually get all of the email. Right, which right, makes right. Me but still, so happy. But uh, yeah, but still, I get some direct too. So yeah, no, know, I've been happy. getting tons and tons of uh, tweets about this. Uh, I mean, rightly so, right? This sure, is something sure. oh, that yeah. me and you have spoken about so many times. Um, well, what I, happened was there a video got posted on Facebook, and last time I checked, it had like three million views. So it just became shared all over the place, and ended up ended up kind of uh, percolating to the top again. And you know, then all the tech sites pick it up. And fortunately, Mashable. I didn't read them all because there's no point because they must just regurgitate the the scribble nonsense. Mashable actually took it a step further and said, you know, by the way, this project's failed like three or four times. You know good. that, right? And, you know, there's no way this can work. You know that, right? So they they did a good job of saying, by the way, <laughs> you should really think long and hard about what you're loving on here. So they did a good job. I forget the author of the of the post, but they did so a good job. So Raymond we'll, Wong. Yeah, he did a, towards the bottom, he did, uh, he did a lot of, by the ways, like this is not... Uh, probably going to go well if you decide to put your money in it um in in the general sense so you know we've talked about this time and time again and we're not going to regurgitate it but we just wanted to let those who happen to be new to the show or haven't heard of the scribble pen um to you know just be warned that this is a full-on scam and we talked about it in episode 181 we'll have the link in the show notes and there's a full article that someone did where they tracked down the um, the creator and the owner and talked about all the scam projects that he's done in the past and and things like that so um it's in it's in the show notes for you to read and if you have it if you're not aware of everything that we've talked about on the scribble pen you should go back and either listen to that episode or at least yeah. read the uh one document that we linked in there that talks about the uh the creator and uh all the bad things that he's done that's the uh rail oz crowdfunding comment i'll put that yes. in this week's show notes as well in okay case people want to see it True, it's true. Good absolute idea. madness. It, yeah, this is like this feels like a. It feels like like we're venturing into organized crime at certain points of this. Thing. Right, it just seems insane, and it's it's a shame that they've you know they've been kicked off multiple crowdfunding sites, but yet somehow somehow still getting any attention. Like even this Mashable piece, whilst it's good, like the the headline and the majority of the article is intriguing. Yeah. Oh, I went into it. I went into it mad. I went into it mad and going, oh, come on, Mashable, don't do this. And then luckily he redeemed himself at the end. Yeah, I just feel like that that any piece about this should be like this pen is like should just start off with that, you know, Mm -hmm. just so you know what we're about to talk about, you know, I'm not saying (laughs) at the end. At least they said it. But like, I feel like it it might have benefited from from leading that way. Yeah. Yeah. And um. It's obviously a product that really gets people uh, enticed and excited about it. Um, well, because it's amazing, right? Yeah, and people. Uh, did you uh, have you read the article about the coolest cooler? Have you seen this? Uh, I saw something about it. Yeah, well, they need like another fifteen million dollars yeah. or something, right? This is the biggest Kickstarter ever. By the way, we need double the money to for everyone to get your coolers. Psych. I mean, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, whatever. It's it, they're at least not scamming people. They just did a bad job. Scribble pen is actual an actual scam. Are they are like people going to get those? I, apparently, some people have, and they did something with Amazon where they made like a side project, and that's got people all bent out of shape as it should. So, um, but you know, you look at these products that are, just seem too good to be true, and you just gotta just chill for a minute. If it's if it's that good, it's going to hit the market, and uh, you know, saving saving an extra hundred hundred dollars now on the coolest cooler as opposed to buying it when it's actually a real product um you know that's not that's not that much of a savings when it's uh it's uh, turned into a total catastrophe like it has yeah <clears throat> yep so simmer down now what is that? <laughs> I liked it. But... Uh, that's a that's a rabbit hole. That uh, one of my favorite skits. I was in one of the the Saturday Night Live heydays with um, you know when Will Ferrell was was in it. That's when I was watching uh, Saturday Night Live, and uh, they had a uh, an actress on there named Sherry O'Terry, and she did this character that uh, her her catchphrase was "Simmer down now," and it's uh, it's amazing. You need to go down that YouTube rabbit hole because the the character is awesome. I found a YouTube video. Called simmer down now, simmer to down. To yeah, now. 
Yeah, and then she's got some good ones. I think Justin Timberlake's on one of them. He was always fantastic on Saturday Night Live, and uh, she's got some good characters. And uh, she just she just goes off the the deep end, and it's uh, it's fantastic. It's probably one of my favorite skits ever. Um, pretty much anything that she's in, and any like the cheerleading with her and Will Ferrell, or uh, that's up my alley. So. How's this pen podcast going? <laughs> yeah, I, we're, we're completely lost now. I'm, I'm actually watching YouTube videos as we go. We're all we're, we're done. This is it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's let's yeah. talk about Nenemisu Nervery because you you've received yours since the so last another episode. yeah. This is another Kickstarter that um you know we backed them the first time and they delivered a successful product. So hey, let's back them again and they did it again. Um, mm-hmm. I went with the full titanium body Nova and it's really good. So I'm I'm. I'm untwisting it now. It's going to drive people crazy um, because it's all metal. Yeah. And um, it's not overly heavy. It's shaped like a Nakaya Piccolo. It looks like if you, you could put this side to side with a couple of things and uh, you would think this was a several, several hundred dollar pen when really it's more like around a hundred dollars. Um, I added in the titanium nib I had from the uh, Nexus. I ordered that one with a Nexus, the aluminum barrel with a Nexus, uh, with a titanium in the Nexus so I ordered this one with a steel nib, knowing I could just pop this uh, titanium and get the full titanium uh, nib and body thing. I'm really, really pleased with this pen. Um, you do not have yours yet, is that correct? No, or I you got did. mine. No, Remember. you got yours first. Yeah. 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 Um, they had a delay in the U.S. with uh, customs. That's what it was. Naturally. Um, I love it. It's really well done. Yeah. Um, the threads are minimal. They don't get in your way. Nope. Um, the barrel shape's great. The weight, the balance is, is right on the money. Um, I need to get my titanium nib adjusted. Any titanium nib I've ever used, if you've never used one, they're softer. So the tines spread a little bit when you write. So they're very wet, which is great. It's just, you know, if I have a a medium titanium nib is like a straight up gusher. And I think this one's actually a fine. I had a good conversation with Mike Masayama um, in Mm -hmm. Atlanta about titanium nibs. Mm -hmm. He was kind of just explaining to me how like they're so hard to work on because they're so soft. Yeah, um, and they always take tweaking. Yeah, so my I had one in my Conid bulk filler, um, a titanium nib, and it was just a straight up gusher. And I got Mike to adjust it last year, yeah. so this might this would be a candidate uh, for him this year. It's a it's a much better nib after he was able to you know narrow it down, lessen the flow a little bit, and now it's great. Yeah, that's how that's how we had that conversation because I was sitting and watching him mm-hmm. um, adjust your titanium yeah. nib. Yep, yep. So, did you know you could eyedropper this pen? So this is uh, in response to. I remember last week, me and you were saying like, why full? Well, last episode, like, why go full titanium? Mm-hmm. And Mr. Thomas Hall, uh, obviously, uh, the the uh, complete encyclopedia of pen knowledge, <laughs> has said basically you would go with a titanium barrel for eyedroppering. Uh, rods and pens like the Conid Pilot 823 and Viscontia Titanium because they're corrosion resistant, which is not so much in a Twisby Vac pens. So don't put Iron Gall in the Vac Mini you've mentioned. Uh, but basically, mm. you if you want to eyedropper a pen, so if you want to just throw the ink into the barrel without any converter or anything like that, then you will want to use something that's titanium because it's corrosion resistant. Didn't know yes. that. So I wouldn't have considered. I'm sorry, I'm squeaking my pen yeah, here. Uh, that's away. that's the problem with titanium. Sorry, I'm gonna put this out of my hand. Which is I it, don't mind that. <clears throat> no, but it is something you need to be aware of. They sure, squeak. sure, sure. They squeak like mad. <laughs> um, I would have never considered eye dropping a metal pen just because I thought you would be you're increasing the the opportunity for uh, a a leak but you know the silicone grease that we use is actually made i guess for metal piping anyway so i don't know why i ever thought that i just thought that with an acrylic or plastic based threading that you would get a better seal with the silicone for the eyedroppering that's why i never considered a metal but what thomas is saying you should use if you're gonna you can do a metal pen but you're not going to do an aluminum pen because it's going to react actually react with the ink it's not a leaking thing it's a, a chemical thing um to how the the ink acts with the uh, various metals it touches and uh, titanium is actually acceptable to do this with so i'm probably not gonna try it it still seems kind of weird having uh the liquid ink inside of a metal pen um just just um held off by uh, um silicone grease but hmm, maybe i'll try it one day i'm not in a hurry to to give that a shot so we'll see 
I am uh I I, I would consider in uh eyedroppering this next pin though. I got the um the Edison Mina from the Edison group buy, which I mess I missed one of their first group buys um with the black stealth Beaumont they did. It's probably three to four years ago now. And ever since then I, I've told myself I wouldn't miss one again since that was probably like my ultimate pin. And um so I, I got this one and I think we ordered it in the fall and it just came in uh, today, you know, which, which was, it, it was on schedule. So what it is, it's uh, the Mina barrel, which I've never used before. So I always wanted one, um, which I like the barrel shape. I don't love it. It's not my favorite Edison by far, um, but it's kind of a rounded with a little bit of a flare on each end of the barrel. Um, I don't know how you would describe this shape, honestly, um, but it, it's very, very, sleek looking and you know the ends are not tapered at all they're just flat um you can you can stand that up and you know it, it has the um very minimal markings on it like mine's number 31 of i forget how many there were 40 something but what's killer about this is the blue swirl ebonite denim so did you see my picture of this yeah that's why i put it in show notes it's things of beauty yeah and i haven't even taken... i like the shape man i think it's different i like the shape in pictures i don't like it in practicality okay. i just prefer i just it's not bad it's just a preference thing right sure. i prefer like the the namisu the piccolo shape of the other barrel or which in this case in in edison terms would be the edison pearl it's just a personal preference it's not a bad shape at all and it's actually very comfortable to hold once you uncap it um the grip section and barrel fits really really nicely in your hands so yeah, they're talking in the chat room. It's like a Japanese sword sheath. That's kind of what it looks like. Um, it's a very Japanese-looking shape, and I don't know if that's where it came from or not. I'd have to look at the uh, the evolution of the Mina. But the, the Mina is also not a, what does he call it? It's not a production line, Edison, so you can't always get these for a great price. I mean, See, I'd never heard of this one. Yeah, so you get this one... Um, he does a Brian does a good job of mixing in some of the non-production line shapes at a more of a production line pricing. It's a little bit more, but it's still less than it would cost if you just bought this pin one off and like pick the design yourself. And um, you know, I it's really good. I'm super happy with this pin and he's also testing out a new nib design with this pin. It's more of a it's it's shaped like a Lamy steel nib or a Lamy gold nib. It's just extended a little bit longer. Um, I was a little bit eh about the, the nib when I saw pictures of it, but getting it in person, um, it's really nice. It goes with the pen well, the way the shape, the shape of the nib really fits the shape of the bar the barrel and the nib writes really, really well. I have an extra fine steel nib on here. So, um, I am actually using that as my show notes pen today. I have it filled with uh Deatramentus Benjamin Franklin, which is a great blue ink that you can't really find anymore but i always want to try i always end up putting blue inks in my blue pens because i'm uh unoriginal that way but yeah i i i like the mina um it's it's a good pen and um i i'm definitely happy i got this because um it it does you are able to get these these pens at a uh at a price that's uh in between like the uh the production line and the signature line which is like if the menlo that we bought right where you pick, basically pick out everything you pick out your colors your nibs all that stuff and uh, it adds up and uh, if brian's doing like a one-off you know the price is going to be expensive yep. but he does these group buys to allow to to have the greater quantity to bring the price down to give everybody the option he does it once a year to give everyone the option to get a, a really cool pin at a really fair price so props to brian he did a good job as always love his stuff big big edison fan the good thing about these type of group buys is as people then talk about them now i'm thinking like oh, i should do the next one that's exactly what happened to me so the more the more you do them the more people it's like a snowball right oh totally totally so i actually wait for him and he does enough options in the group buy like i've worried well i'm not going to do the group buy because there's only one pin in one color in a barrel style that i don't like and an acrylic i don't like well he there's usually about two to three choices so you can always kind of get in there on on something you like he does it like i said he does a good job and um i i haven't missed uh, the last couple i don't think so, so uh, as cool. we record today it is uh, there's, there's a strong potential of new field notes, so 
I'm keeping my eye on on all of the <laughs> feeds and and inboxes uh, to see if we're going to get that news coming. That would be fun if we can do some breaking news. But I guess you'll find out by the end of the episode if we know what the next field notes are going to be. Yeah. So um, it seems like their emails usually come the morning, the Wednesday morning. It seems sure. like it's a early a.m. Eastern time, like before lunch. But uh, we'll see. It, it could hit. We might have some breaking news. Uh, otherwise, uh, you'll just hear us uh, talking about them on the uh, on the internets uh, between now and then. I'm sure we'll cover it next week. Come on, footnotes. So do us right. Mm-hmm. This week's episode is brought to you by Harry's. Everybody knows that good things come in threes, right? That is the the, the general consensus. Good things come in threes. We're in the third month right now, right? It's March. Yeah. But it happens to be Harry's third anniversary. Nice. Happy anniversary, Harry's. Three Happy years they've been around. And if you sign up as a new customer for Harry's today, I've got a special deal for you to try three of their expertly crafted five-blade German razors along with a lovely handle to put them in and shave cream for just $10. But I'll come back to that in a moment. As you should know by now about Harry's, they make their own German-engineered five-blade cartridges. You're not going to get cuts. You're not going to get razor burn. You are, What you're going to get is a close comfortable shave they've been doing this for three years these people the guys and gals over at harry's they know what they're doing and they're so confident in that that they give a guarantee on the quality of their product and they will give you a full refund if you're not happy harry's offer a high quality shave at about half the price of the other big brand blades that you might be used to on average an everyday shaver saves 150 dollars every single year on blades when they use harry's and they'll ship them to your front door for free their starter set is a great deal as i mentioned a moment ago for just ten dollars when you use our code you will get a razor, moisturizing shave cream, and three razor blades. Usually it's 15 but you want to use the code PENADDICT at checkout, and you'll get $10 off. You should be one of the 1 million people that have switched to Harry's. It's time to stop overpaying for a great shave. Go to harrys.com right now. You'll get that $5 off when you use the code PENADDICT at checkout with your first purchase. So with your first purchase, you'll get a lovely $5 off. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. Use the coupon code PENADDICT at checkout for a special $5 off. Thank you so much to Harry's for supporting this show. And Relay FM, and happy anniversary. Yeah, I totally shaved this morning. Yeah? Feel good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Feel, feel good. good. Look good. I'm all, I'm all about the Harry's. You know that. And, um... Man, three years already. I bet I I've been using them for about two. What do you think? Something like that. Something it's been like close. That. It's been probably been close to two years. And uh, no, no chance that I'm uh, switching to anything else or going back to uh, some of the crummy, expensive stuff I used to use previously. Yep. All right. Speaking of crummy, expensive stuff I used to use previously. Just kidding. <laughs> I want to talk about vintage pens. All right. Okay. Can you believe this? So where's this come from? This comes from a lot of the talk around the the pen show stuff about the old old guard, new guard, you know, people who are into vintage pens, people who are into modern pens, and how sometimes there's not a lot of crossover between those two camps, and, you know, some of the vintage pen vendors, you know, don't understand um, people who listen to this podcast and are have a modern pen aesthetic and pricing and things like that, and how, you know someone like us can understand um, getting into the vintage market a little bit more. So I wanted to break it down from someone who's a complete noob on vintage pens. I want, I want to put that out there right now. I'm talking about this from a very, very like high level place. Like I don't know a not a lot about vintage pens, but I think what I do know is kind of a good entry point for uh, anyone who's interested in vintage pens. Um, you know, we've given some tips and tricks over the years before, but I kind of wanted to go over them again and go over some of the fa- my favorite pens that I own. And that might be a good uh, jumping off point for someone who's looking to get into vintage pens. So um, how's that sound to you? Do you do you you have a Parker Vacumatic as far as vintage pens, right? You yeah, have a regular I have a, vac? I have a Vacumatic. Uh, I have an Estabrook. Uh-huh. Um, I think I have... Uh, I think I have another one or two, but okay. they're escaping my mind right now. Yeah, so it's not a bunch, and I don't have a bunch either. So no, I don't really. I just want to say I don't really like using vintage pens so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little Go bit nervous of them. Uh, I'm worried I'm going to break them, um, and I just gen- generally feel like they're 
you know, they're, they're not as loved in my eyes because I didn't have them from the beginning. It, sure. They were somebody else's um, in a lot of instances. Yeah, I, I just kind of liked the new stuff, the stuff that I choose. And, and I yeah. feel that in a lot of instances, the vintage pens that I find, they're, they're very beautiful, but in a different way to my tastes. Sure. You know? Like, yeah, yeah. I look at them, like, the Vacuumatic is one of the most beautiful pens that I own. The Golden Web that you have mm. is yeah, just stunning. But it's of a different time, and right. they don't really speak to me as much, I don't think. Yeah, so let's talk about why um, someone would, would purchase a vintage yeah. pen. And I think you you kind of nailed, nailed that. It's, it's an aesthetic thing to me. They have the materials that were used on some of these vintage pens, and the designs that were created can't be replicated. No. This, like, I see and... them, one, one thing, sir, I, I see them as like nice pieces to own. Mm-hmm. but not necessarily pens that I really want to use. Right. And that's what I want to get across today, that these are actually the vintage pens that I have are actually user pens. These are like user grade pens. Mm-hmm. Like people think vintage, they think, Ooh, antique collectible. These are not, these are no. user grade pens that should be inked, used, carried, beaten, destroyed, anything you would do to your modern pen. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, that's the first thing to kind of wrap your head around They're They're not meant to be coddled. Um, these pens have been around for decades. Some of them haven't been used in decades. Um, but some of them are just so cool. You're never going to be able to get anything on the modern market like this. They're also surprisingly cost effective. Like I think the most I'm looking at the vintage pens. You never told me how much you paid for my golden web and I won't ask you, but I don't remember. Maybe I blocked out my memory. The most expense I paid $120 for my vacuumatic. Every other one has been under a hundred dollars, if not under like sixty dollars. So yeah, I think I have your golden fi- web was more than that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. look after it. Which I, I know, <laughs> I know, right? So I, I would expect that that one's uh, more expensive than my other vac. Um, and these pens all just kind of have a story to tell. These pens have lived a life that we haven't um, been involved in, you know, what was this golden, golden web used for when it was a new pen, you know, who had this, who had this on their desk, who carried it in their jacket pocket or their purse, you know, I have a Waterman 52 with a flex nib. Um, you know, what was this used for, you know, back in the, back in the day when it was a new pen. And it's just kind of cool to think about those things, you know, looking at these tables and tables of vintage pens, it can get a little bit overwhelming, but I like pinpointed these five pens that I have um, as kind of a jumping off point. And uh, we'll go over them one by one in just a second. But another tip for buying vintage pens is if you can buy it in person, because a lot of the reason a lot of us prefer modern pens is because number one, we can get them new. And number two, they're all going to show up in the same condition because they're new out of a box. Vintage pens obviously aren't that way. Um, you need, it's great to talk, be able to talk to the person who's selling the pen to see if they, what they know about it. Did they, is it restored? Did they restore it themselves? You know, um, are any parts in this pen, if they break, are they easy to replace? You know, like in the Esther Brooks that we have, they have a internal sack. Well, if the sack goes bad, that's easy to replace. You know, if you have a certain vacuumatic with a certain part in the, in the filling system, maybe that'll be harder to replace because they, they change the filling system all the time. So, you know, if you're concerned about breaking the pen, because we're using these pens, right? If you're concerned about that, you know, you want to be able to get it repaired in a reasonable fashion, you know, are, are the lever parts, you know, most, a lot of, um, pins are, are a lever filler. Um, are the lever parts still available? And do you know someone that can, can fix that things like that? So it's great to buy them in person just to, to test out the condition more and to inquire more deeply about the pen. So the ones that I've chosen to talk about that are great pens, you can get for a reasonable price at a pen show, not break the budget. And therefore you don't have to necessarily worry about, um, you know, if it breaks, you can get it fixed easily or you're not out a lot of money if it gets damaged, things like that. So you kind of got to get that wrap around your head that, like you were saying, the vintage pens, you worry about breaking them. Well, you just you just kind of get got to get past that. Like yeah. when I spend seven hundred dollars on a Nakaya and carry it in my jeans pocket, I'm over that. Right. It's the same thing. So the pens 
like if anyone wants to get into vintage pins, the first place they should look at is Esterbrook. There's so many models. They're really beautiful. The coolest thing about Esterbrook is there, there must be a hundred different nib types. You can just swap in and out. So you can buy an Esterbrook pin barrel, which is what I did for about $40 that's been restored. I mean, that's restored back into perfect writing shape. It looks beautiful. It writes wonderfully. And then you can buy additional nibs for like three to $5 a piece to get uh, like I have a firm fine nib in mine right now and it's a wonderful writer. I also have like a medium stub nib in that I can just swap out. So I have one ester broken about five nibs. I can swap in and out of, to it and I probably have $50 total into my ester broke, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably the best writer of any of the vintage pens that I have just because I can get a nib that's really specific to my writing style, um, which is, you know, I like a firm steel nib with a very very fine tip so i love writing with that pit pen i have an observation about vin- the vintage pen world sure so i'm adding some some websites to our show notes here mm-hmm. um, some resources for some of the different pens that you're mentioning mm-hmm. the, the vintage pen world lives in a in a place of very questionable web design <laughs> that is very true all that of the totally websites true. look nearly as old as the pens that is true so um yeah, it's just uh, know what not, you're getting uh, into. Yeah, know what you're getting into. You know, you're not gonna. You might not get the uh, the clearest answers or the best information all the time. It's yeah. out there. It's hard to find, yep. and it's on GeoCities, so yeah. it, it's gonna yes. be tough. So that's again, do it in person. You know, find that stuff online, read about it, kind of get a baseline of information, um, but then ask about it in person. That's the way to go. The second pin that everyone seems to love that gets a lot, a lot of play, even uh, for people who only use modern pins because it really has a modern aesthetic is the Parker 51. It's a really great barrel shape. It's a great barrel size. Um, Parker's, you know, are just classic, classic pins from the early 1900s and mid 1900s. And the hooded nib design that they did, um, you know, back in the day, it was uh, an effort to keep the nib wetter if you will um so more ink would flow uh more readily wouldn't have hard starts and things like that and um it's just a really cool design that speaks to a lot of people the problem i've run into and this is just total anecdotal information from the few pin shows that i've been to is i have a hard time for some reason finding restored parker 51s there's a million of them out there all in not great shape that I want to deal with. I'd rather pay more for one that's been restored, refurbished, and I can just ink up and start writing with. So that's, again, you know, I went into the Atlanta Pin Show a few years ago with Parker 51 at the top of my list, and they were everywhere, but I never found one that the quality enough that I felt comfortable with taking home and just writing with. They all needed something, you know, something was off, um, and I didn't want to deal with that. Related to the 51, the Parker Vacuumatic is one of the prettiest pens ever created. Um, you know, I have two. I have the uh, the silver furniture with the uh, gray stripe. I forget what they call this gray stripe, silver stripe. Um, and then I have the beautiful golden web that um, was at the top of my list last year. And you went and bought that for me like the rascal that you are at the mm-hmm. Atlanta Pen Show. It's still one of my favorite pens ever. It's, it's stunning to look at. Every time I photograph this pen, Mike, people like go, whoa wait is that a golden web wow it's a stunner it's it's one of the most beautiful pens i've ever seen and i'm super lucky um and fortunate to have one in this great a condition it writes wonderfully i love the uh the nib on this one and this the thing is most of these nibs are uh, 14 karat gold nibs um so they're nice and soft um they can be modified like my vacuumatic has a medium nib in it and it's actually way too wet and too wide so i could get that one modified if i wanted to but i kind of like it uh how it is use it for something different but the golden web has a finer firmer nib and um i really 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 enjoy writing with it um one thing you'll notice kind of across the board and this is a little bit of a generic generic statement and is there's probably some untruth to it but a lot of these pens are smaller. Um, the Golden Web is actually the smallest of these pens that I own. It's smaller than my regular vac, but they range in size, um, like the Vacumatics range in size from a small, almost pocketable pen to some really huge, huge pens. But in general, the vintage pens were just made smaller than they are these days for um, obvious reasons. Um, 
the last one I want to mention is a question that comes up all the time is people say, I want to write with a flex nib. Well, modern flex nibs are hard to come by. You know, you can get on the low end, you have noodlers with their steel nibs, but they're really, really um, bad pin barrels and they break all the time. They're just hard to use, but they're inexpensive. It gives you kind of an idea of what you want to use if you want to try one. Um, then you move almost straight up into if you're not using dip pins and dip nibs, you're moving straight up into a Pilot Falcon, which is a gold nib pen that's costing well into the mid 100s. Um, and then on up for there, you can get some nib modifications done. You can get, you know, you can spend hundreds of hundreds of dollars on a modern flex pen. But back when these pens were being made in the 20s and 30s, Waterman made a wonderful flex nib that you can find examples of at pen shows, probably between $50 and $100. I think I paid like $90 for mine. It's like a beautiful hard rubber barrel. It's the standard Waterman 52. They, um, the nibs are wonderfully flexy. And what's nice is when you're not flexing it, it's got a really nice fine line, which I just like writing with. So I'm tinkering around with all these pens as I'm talking to you, but the flex works great. And, um, it's a really lightweight, long pen. If you see people that are really into flex nibs, they own like stacks of Waterman's or Waterman nibs in other pens. So you'll see that a lot. Different size nibs, different size Waterman nibs, um, manipulated to fit into other pen barrels that they have. So that's kind of your your starter kit vintage pens. If you're interested in getting just one, you know, start looking at Esther Brooks, Parker 51s, Parker Vax, and Waterman's. One I'm gonna look for this year which is always readily available. And for some reason, I've never purchased one is I want a vintage Pelican this year. So that's going to be my Atlanta pin show pin. I want to get a vintage Pelican. I love seeing some of the old, uh, the green windows and the barrels. They just look really, really cool. They have some good, um, really nice old designs. I can probably get something for around a hundred dollars. That'll, I'll be very happy with. And, um, I, I want to add that to the collection this year. So that's on my Atlanta pin show shopping list. Um, anything specific? any specific pelican model no no just anything no yeah anything i mean i would prefer to not have gold trim that's the other thing hard about um vintage pins a lot a lot of gold mm. but there's so many options out there like out of these five vintage pins i have inked up only one of them has gold trim and that's the golden web and that's the only way it comes and that's well worth it because it matches the rest of the barrel right i mean it's the perfect complement to it um the other reason i wanted to ink all these up is because I wanted to carry them around more. The only thing you were talking about, the things you didn't like about vintage pins, the only worry I have is that they're going to leak, right? Um, but I've been carrying these around for probably a week and a half now in my brass town and in my backpack, and not a drop has, has leaked on any of these pins. So apparently I've got some good, uh, I, I did my homework in, in purchasing these pins, and you know that they were good quality. Um, or bought from someone who restored them themselves and um, just have a really, really um, good good seals and, and good uh, internals in them. So I'm, I'm very lucky. Um, I, it's something I want to get more into. I would like to have more vintage pins. I would like to have more nib variation like I have in all my modern pins. You know, I like to play around with the nibs, get lots of work done. Um, and I don't see why I can't do that in vintage pins like, you know, my Vacuumatics, which I just love looking at. Well... There's no point in owning a pen just to look at, in my opinion. You know, I want to use them. So I inked all these bad boys up, and I'm ready to uh, ready to roll when the Atlanta Pen Show uh, comes around, and I'm going to look at uh, doing a, a little bit more vintage shopping, if you will. Mm -hmm. You have any interest? Uh, are you still just like, nah, not really, not really my thing. Probably not going to do that in Atlanta. I'll look um, at them. Like, and yeah. if I, and this is the thing, like, so when I, the way that I approach it, it's like, I'll look at them, and if I see some, if I see something that I think is beautiful then I might learn a little bit more about it. For for me, with vintage pens, I start with just how they strike me visually. Sure. Because I don't expect to use them very much. So, like, I just see them as things to, to own. Right. That's why that's why I had to have the Vacuumatic, right? There's hardly a prettier pen that's um, within, you know, a normal price ranges from a vintage perspective. They're just stunners and they're readily available. Um, and, um, you know, there's no way I could not own a vacuumatic. There's no way I could be into fountain pens and not own a vacuumatic. They're just that cool. So, yeah. Anyway, that's kind of my, like, I'm, 
I don't want to say I'm getting into a vintage kick, but I'm paying attention a little bit more. I'm trying to find some things that interest me and, you know, maybe go into the to the rabbit hole of, of uh, some things I like. Like this Pelican might be a thing like I'm content now with the Vacumatics I have, the Parker 51 I have. I might buy another Estabrook or two, but those are kind of done. I want to look at Pelican. I want to see what other vintage stuff I can get in trouble with. And, um, you know, that might be a rabbit hole I, I get down into. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. And uh, it's definitely something I'm, that interests me. So um, maybe there'll be more more talk of it uh, as we go down the line. Cool. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you have a... Um, you have burning questions for me to wrap this episode up, right? Yeah, like I do. Uh, you, you, you have a lot you want to talk about that I wasn't aware we we're going to talk about. You kind of mentioned it. It's like, oh, we should talk about this. I'm like, yeah, whatever. So uh, let's talk about. <laughs> you know how I am. So let's talk about our our good friends at Squarespace that help me out with all these things, and uh, then I'll then I'll let you hammer me. What you got, Mike? All right. This week's episode is brought to you by. Squarespace, the simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website, or online store. You can start building your own site today at squarespace.com and use the offer code INC at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. With, with easy-to-use tools and templates, Squarespace will help you capture the everyday detail of what drives you. Because if it's worth the effort, it's worth sharing with the world. With Squarespace, you'll be able to build a site that will look professionally designed regardless of your skill level with no coding experience required. This is because Squarespace has state-of-the-art technology that not only powers your site to ensure security and stability, but also gives you access to fantastic tools to allow you to build something on the internet. And I say something because it can be so many different things. As I said, you can build landing pages, you can build stores, you can have whole stores, you can have websites, you can have blogs, you can have band pages, you can have business pages, restaurant information. No matter what it is you're looking to put online, Squarespace is the place to start. Their site templates are all look fantastic and you have great control of customizing them to make it your home. If you get stuck with anything or you need any help or support, they have a 24-7 team that is there, live chat and email. Squarespace are committed to creating a great product and to supporting it for you. If you sign up for a year, you'll also get a free domain name, allowing you to choose exactly what you want your site to be called, and their plans start at just $8 a month. You can sign up for a free trial, so you can go and tinker with Squarespace. You can build your Squarespace site during this trial and see if you're happy with it and see how it looks. No credit card required to start doing this, and you can go today to squarespace.com, and then when you do decide to sign up, because I'm sure you'll be very happy, make sure that you use the offer code INK, I-N-K, to get 10% of your first purchase, and to show your support for the pen Attic podcast thank you to squarespace for the continued support of this show and relay fm awesome all right buddy so there was just something so it came into my mind a couple of weeks ago and i just wrote some questions out because i wanted to talk to you uh about knock um mm-hmm. every every now and then i just like to, to kind of check in and see how things are going but the big difference this time is now like knock is your job mm-hmm. and it wasn't before Right. It was it was part of the stuff that you do, but now like this is one of the primary ways that you make your living. Uh which it wasn't before, right? Right. Yeah. Now it was a part of the stuff that I do. Now it is the stuff that I do. <laughs> and there's a big difference. Yeah. So, so go ahead. I wanted to just dig into that a little bit. So first up. Let's see what's happening at Knock anyway before we kind of look at how you're doing. So is there any news? What are you guys working on right now? We're working on working as much as possible. It's crazy right now with as far as um, capacity, our production capacity goes. So we're super challenged with keeping stuff in stock, which is great. But we got to fix that like quickly because we're out of stock a lot of a lot of things we're going to have. We have a plan in place for post Atlanta pin show to change our production um, flow, if you will. Um, we'll talk about it more when we have more details, but just to give you a, a, a preview, we're bringing it all in house um, instead of getting fabric cut outside, getting people to help us sew things outside um, having someone else hmm. in the U.S. make our cases. We've tried and failed and tried and failed and tried and failed. 
multiple times, multiple thousands of dollars trying to get help to make our cases. We're going to do it ourselves. Um, that's going to involve a huge change at the shop. We're going to be buying equipment. Um, we're going to be buying a laser cutter. We're going to be doing all these crazy things. We're going to be hiring more people. We're going to like double and triple our capacity. Um, wow. Hopefully by the beginning of summer. Um, it's a big deal for us. Um, we just can't make enough cases. And we have the support to sell a lot of cases. And we got to figure out how to do it. And we've tried all these things over like the last year to try to increase capacity in what we thought was the best way to do it. And we're learning that the best way to do it is to do it ourselves. Um, it's going to require a lot of work. It's going to require a lot of money. Um, you know, we're doing, but we've, we've got the plan now we've come to the, you know, we've, we've done all the, uh, done all the homework and we failed a lot of companies from, uh, trying to help us make products and, you know, to keep things how we want to keep things in the U S to keep our quality the same, um, we're going to do it ourselves. And, uh, that's, uh, it's going to be awesome, but it's, it's scary as I'll get out. I'm not going to lie. Me and Jeff are, uh, we're super anxious about this, but, uh, we know it's going to be successful and, um, it's just going to be a huge, huge change. And, um, we, we, we just have to make more cases. That's the news. We have to make more. When you mentioned that, like, you know, about production stuff, that was mm-hmm. not the route that I thought you were going to say, right? <laughs> like, uh, the route to fix our production is to do all of the production. Because mm-hmm. I know that me and you were talking last year, I think, about like some of the companies that you trialed to see if they could build some stuff for you, and it was good, but mm-hmm. just not good enough. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I love that um, that feeling, but this is a big thing. And like, So where, where you guys are right now and all the equipment and stuff that you're going to need, are you able to finance all of that? It depends. We'll, we're going to see how it goes after the Atlanta Pen Show. Um, we've got some ideas. Otherwise, um, you know, if we don't, you know, if we can't just pay for it ourselves or or what how what have you. I mean, we'll, we're definitely can pay for it ourselves. It just depends on how we're going to do it. You know, whether we just write checks and use credit cards. We're going to do another Kickstarter, which is probably highly likely for when our folios come out, which we've talked about before. Yeah, that seems like a genius idea to wrap those two things together. Yeah, that's probably the jumping off point. So we'll have more news on that. This is definitely, we don't have time to do that before Atlanta. Um, we're just trying to make as much as we can for the show, um, which actually, which helps the, the shop inventory as well. But, you know, we're just in a, we're, we're turning down side jobs right now because we can't fit them into our schedule, which sucks. Um, we hate doing that. Like collaborations and stuff like that. Yeah, like we have collaboration. We've had collaboration opportunities we've had to turn down. That would be really, really fun and good for us to do because we don't have the capacity to do them. And bringing everything in-house will give us that. Um, mm-hmm. Having more employees uh, will give us that ability to, to be more flexible. We can't get into retail until we do this. Um, we have, we've had retailers banging on our doors for years since we started and we keep telling them it's almost here. It's almost here. And it keeps not being almost here. It's, it's time to, uh, you know what, or get off the pot. Yeah. It feels like that you guys are in a position which was similar maybe to my personal position, which was Mm -hmm. like relay FM was making money and we knew we were going to make money, but Mm -hmm. it was like, if I take the risk of, leaving my job and doing it completely i know we can make a lot more money right like right if we're able if i'm able to focus all of my time and attention on it then it's going to be great right like i can put more and more into it and it's going to be worthwhile for everyone because all of my attention and all of my um all my resources will help and it's like a similar kind of idea right you guys will be buying new equipment hiring new people all of that is super expensive to do Mm-hmm. But by putting that investment in, your investment is in money, not not in time as such, because you kind of, you guys are already all in. Uh, right. It will help grow your revenue, which is because getting into retail is going to like you know things could explode from that point. Right. Right. So yeah, for sure. This is a really this is a very interesting development that I wasn't uh, <laughs> expecting. But I yes, think it's I'm fantastic. A, Are you going to be able to fit all of this into your little shop? <laughs> We've already rearranged. We already rearranged in planning to 
to lay this all out in the shop. Um, right now, yes, if we had to move, we'd be okay with it. But right now, we have it set to where we could, with the equipment we want to buy and the right. people we want right, to right. uh, hire, um, we're going to push it to max capacity and it will all fit. Like we've had the electrician out to make sure, can we handle this equipment, that kind of stuff. So we're, we're trying to get ahead of the game here. Yep. Um, but you know, this, you're, you're getting all the behind the scenes stuff that we've been working on here for the past couple months, really since I've come on full time, you know, we're coming to these realizations. <clears throat> And, you know, we're going to have some product lineup changes, um, some colorway changes, and all, all that will be announced, you know, in the coming months. But uh, it's all good stuff. It's all to get us to a point where you can go to our site and find a case you want and purchase it because it's in stock. <laughs> That's where we got to get to. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So the the stock issues that you're going through is mm-hmm. purely because people are buying more than you can make, right? Yeah. It's not that oh. you guys don't make very many. Right. No, they're buying more than we can make. Which is kind of the situation you want to be in. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. you'd want to be able to sell to everybody, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, just for example, we put, it was like, it's probably been three weeks ago now, we put a batch of, it was either 60 or 80 Sinclairs up on a Friday afternoon at noon, and they were sold out by one. I mean, we just can't keep them in. This is what I can't understand. Where are these people coming from? <laughs> Everywhere, man. They they love the Notco. But like, how do they I, know? I'm grateful though? for. Like, how do I, they I know don't... that the stock goes up? Oh, we send out on on our mailing list. Right. Okay. We give we give them our first shot. So I don't we have think a big I'm mailing, on list. The mailing list. Well, you're a slacker. I know. I'm going I'm going to sign up right now. <laughs> Knowing you, you probably took yeah. me off. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe on purpose, but yeah, I mean, we just we we want to have the stock available for people to buy. I mean, that's kind of what you do as a business, right? Yep. Is it the newsletter that I'm signing up for? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there you go. Sign up. So Done. yeah, we usually we usually give our 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 newsletter followers first crack at uh, at new stock. So in um, regards, and, it, and usually vanishes like crazy fast. Well, it sounds like it. So in regards yeah. to new products, mm-hmm. um, you mentioned the folios. Yeah. Uh, is that, that still kind of the main thing on the horizon? That's definitely happening. I mean, there's going to be two folio sizes. There'll be the notebook size that I take a lot of pictures of and then an A5 size um, to fit the um, the notepads, the the top uh, the top bound notepads, um, which is going to both of those are going to be really, really awesome. They're going to be cool cases. I, we're, we're excited about those. The pattern's done on the small case and we're finalizing the pattern on the big case. So this will be a go. No doubt. So it's happening. It's happening. But you, know, um, you just need to decide out, decide how, right? Yep. Yep. How and when. So it's just going to depend with all this machinery stuff and, and hiring stuff. So, and we're not, we're not sweating it too hard till after Atlanta. We don't have the mental capacity to fit all that in right now, no. but once Atlanta ends, um, we don't have another show until uh, DC. So that's going to be our window where you're going to see a lot of knock code changes between Atlanta and DC. Um, there'll be a lot going on on the knock front, if you will. Right. But I um, know you too. Right, mm-hmm. and I know this mm-hmm. ain't it. You got any work on any of the prototypes or stuff that we've not seen before? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to give yeah. any kind of any kind of hints to what you're looking at? You'll see it in Atlanta. Oh yeah, what? Yeah. Just me? No. Uh, if you come to the Atlanta Pen Show, you'll see it. Oh. So we're gonna do. I, I'll let's see if I can say this without getting in too much trouble with Jeff. <laughs> I, I can probably say it. So you've seen our, we've done some small batch series, right? Yeah. Where we just make one-off colors, things like that. Mm-hmm. We're going to expand. We're going to not call it that anymore. Um, it has a different name. I, I'm not going to say the name. We'll, yep, we'll tease that. Um, so we're going to focus. That's actually, this is another reason why we want to do it all ourselves because we want to have this product line of, special items either in materials colors or designs so we're going to try out a new design a new physical case design for atlanta that we're going to launch at the atlanta pin show but just in this small batch style it's not necessarily going to be a permanent item it people may hate it you know that kind of thing it's in a different configuration yeah total different configuration um and but this this line is now going to be have a consistent name and have a consistent um, use for us, a, a consistent presentation, if you will, to what it's being used for and why you might be interested or might not be interested in it at all. So, yeah, there, there'll be a new a new product in Atlanta with a new uh, with a new uh, product line name. This this new special Atlanta product will it only be available there? Probably. Because you reckon it's going to sell out what you got of it? 
Uh, maybe. We're not going to make that many of them. These all are right. it, People have to remember with not we hand make all these stuff. Yeah. This is why we don't have inventory because a factory and machines are not making these. We're running it's these by hand hands. through a sewing machine. Yeah. Yep. People's hands are making these cases. Yep. They're hard to make and mm-hmm. that's why a lot of people aren't able to make them because they're too difficult, too costly, and they can't meet the quality that we have learned over the years that we can do. Um, so, you know, anyone that gets, you know, I, I know people get frustrated with us not being in stock, but we're physically making these cases with our hands. Um, and it's, it's a lot of work. So, so like, are we going to have a new case style at Atlanta? Yes. Are we going to have 200 of them? No. You know, are we going to have 40 of them? If we're lucky, you know, we yeah, make all okay. this stuff, you know, that kind of thing. So, all right. How's it been for you? So how much time are you spending at the knock office now? Um, I try for two days a week. Um, when I was traveling in like for LA, you know, I missed like two weeks in a row where I wasn't there and that was tough. I didn't like that. Um, but now I'm back on schedule. I'm there two days a week, usually Mondays and Thursdays. That's how my schedule's working right now. Uh-huh. Um, I really enjoy my time there. I want to be there more. Um, if it comes down to it, you know, when I'm talking about this, um, this time frame, one, as we get ramping up for Atlanta and two after Atlanta, when we're trying to do all these changes, uh, if I have to be there three days a week, I can do that. Um, you know, if in two years I have to be up there all the time, well, I'll move and just make it, uh, you know, make it something easier. You know, I'm, I'm flexible on when I need to be up there. Um, as long as I'm, uh, contributing, um, pulling my weight when I'm there, you know, I can't, uh, I'm not a sewer like the, yeah. the rest of the team there. <laughs> so as long as I'm able to contribute in other ways, I'm happy to be there as much as I can. And definitely, uh, you know, I, I'm definitely there two days a week and, uh, it's cool. Cause we get a lot of people coming by, uh, during, during the week now. And, uh, you know, I'm going to lunch with a, with a customer on, on Thursday, just, you know, doing these neat meetup things would give us Jeff an opportunity to, to hang out with our, our customers and friends that, uh, want to stop by the shop. So it, it's been cool. Um, it's been working so far. Two days a week has been great. And, um, you know, I can always do more though. Yeah. Cause I guess the thing that's worth mentioning, you know, just for the sake of mentioning it, you don't live in Atlanta. No, it's a, on a, on a good day, like on a, a weekend travel day with no traffic, it's an hour and a half from but, my house to the shop. But Atlanta traffic. Yeah, I, I've kind of <laughs> got it timed down to where if I can make it under two hours, I'm happy. Yeah. If it's over two hours, I am get start getting kind of ticked. So I try to go early, and more importantly, I leave early. Like, I'm never there at 3 o'clock. I mean, I'm usually gone by 2 right. just so I can get out of town. Um, and I'm able to get in, I'm able to get in the shop early enough to, uh, get everything done. Most importantly, meet with Jeff, you know, Jeff and I being face to face, either talking about products, designing products, um, you know, like in one day, you know, last week, like last Thursday, we designed a new notebook that we're going to launch in Atlanta. Um, which I didn't mention that before. Um, a new, um, enamel pin we're going to launch in Atlanta, um, we got. Oh, is that the one just, that you said? Yeah, the fishing vest one that I sent out. No, the, the what you just said then, the, the the enamel thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's the, the, the fishing vest one. Yeah, I put it up on Instagram now, so you can talk about it. All right, because it's so cool. It's going to come out awesome. Oh it, my it, gosh, the oh previews gosh. of it look killer. So I'm really excited about that. I, um, I've already, <laughs> I've already said to you, you keep keep one of those things aside yeah that's going to be a stock item for us i mean that's just going to be something we'll always have because it's really cool um where is it on instagram i don't see it it's in the knock a feed oh that would be why so that's the real sample that's the the actual sample i think i just sent you like a digital picture of something we had on the screen that's actually the what came back it looks even better than i could have imagined that is amazing yeah yeah, so yeah, I've you know, seen this one. That is fantastic. I cannot wait to get my hand on one of these. That is, yeah. That's such a cool little thing to do. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, but, you know, it's getting Jeff and I in the same room. We can be awfully productive. So um, we, we definitely like it when we're both there um, to, to get things done. Like we can knock out so much in a short, uh, short amount of time. One of the big things, at least that I've found when me and Steven get together, um, is that just being able to talk through stuff together is is one, yeah, of, exactly. one of the biggest benefits of when we can be in the same room. Yep, totally. And um, 
you know, talking, just talking business, you know, stuff, you know, the not, the not making stuff, you know, you know, doing all the, the banking and the accounting. We sat down, I had to do taxes the other day, you know, we sit and talk about that kind of stuff, you know, the boring stuff that you have to do as a business, um, in person is really the only way to go. And, um, you know, I, I enjoy being up there, even though, you know, it's like a long drive, but you know, that's no big deal. Twice a week, I can totally deal with that. And I have to do it more. I have to do it more. You know, it's part of owning and running a business, right? It's, uh, it's only going to be successful, you know, as successful as, uh, the amount of time and effort you put into it. So you hungry over there? Can you hear that? I can hear that. Yeah, totally. My stomach's, (laughs) it's going out. It's out of hand. It just keeps doing that over and over again. I don't know why. I thought I let go one time, right? Like, because people might not notice it, but it happens a couple (laughs) of times, and you got you got you got to point it out because someone someone's hungry. Yeah, really. So we should wrap this thing up. No, no field notes, man. No field notes, males. Okay, you know that you know it's gonna come through like as soon as we're done. So they were talking about in the uh, in the chat room. I don't know if you saw it. We should just marathon the podcast until oh, the we just email keep going. actually comes. Yeah, I mean that isn't the worst idea, but I've run out of things to talk about. Yeah, and you can tell my voice is going. I still haven't recovered from like two or three weeks ago. Well, my voice. The the voice isn't the problem here. It's it's clearly your it's stomach. A, yeah, really. That's the real Let's issue see. we've got. Going on. <laughs> Man, that's so funny. Yeah. God, two nearly two hundred episodes, and we still haven't worked out to be professional. I know, right? It's overrated. Yeah, pro- yeah. Professionalism's overrated. Psh, yeah, professional pot. This is how professional podcasters do it, man. Exactly. I mean, that's what we are now. So, mm-hmm. I guess it kind of by proxy, this is how it's done. <laughs> I'm laughing at the chat room now. They really want us to keep going <laughs> until the email comes. Excuse me. Well, <coughs> how about we wrap up the show and then maybe who knows? Maybe it will come during the live stream thing and. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we can, I don't know, we can do it with then. Yeah, we can always jump back in. You have some editing magic. magic. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe if, if anything pops up at the end of the episode, then you'll know that me and Brad got back together to talk about the show. Otherwise, next week we'll talk about them. Because you'll probably yeah. have them anyway. I'll get them some point within the next month. Yeah, what's <laughs> funny is I didn't see a, a shipping notification. Usually I get a shipping notification yeah, before. Yeah, I, I got mine. See, I didn't. I wonder if my... I don't think my subscription expired, but whatever. Might have done. Because we didn't we resubscribe at the same time, and I had to I, renew mine for this batch. Yeah, this would be a, a good B sides, uh, a relay FM B sides. Um, when that mail comes in, we can jump on and do it. Yeah, Brad, 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 and Mike wait for the mail. All right, but let's wrap this show up. Uh, <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you want to catch our show notes, head on over to relay.fm slash penaddict slash one nine five. Uh, thank you so much for listening as always and for being such a great community that we love so dearly we, we really do love all of you if you want to catch up uh, with us online there's a few places you can do that if you want to find Brad he is over at Dowdyism D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M on Twitter and he is at Penaddict on Instagram and you can find all of Brad's stuff over at penaddict.com and knock.co and I am at imike I-M-Y-K-E on Twitter and Instagram so you can find me there if you so wish thank you so much again to Harry's and Squarespace for helping make this episode possible possible and thank you for listening we'll be back next time until then say goodbye brad goodbye brad